Please join us on December 1st for our annual ESG Summit and Film Festival, which will be held virtually. We'll spend part of the day going through some great panels covering important sustainable investing topics of today, such as regulation, transparency, and how to make ESG stick at your firm. Afterwards, we'll have our truly unique film festival, where we aim to bring the world of sustainability together with the world of finance. We'll showcase short documentary films from around the globe and announce the best film winner. As a member of the audience, you'll get to vote for the Audience Choice Award. These are truly inspiring films. And with so many of us still locked down for much of this year, this festival represents an amazing opportunity to see and be a part of incredible parts of the world that we wouldn't otherwise get to. Best part, the whole event is free. So come along, learn at the summit, and then bring your friends and colleagues to get inspired at the film festival. Hello and welcome to Impact Adventures. I'm Steve Lamb, Director of Multimedia here at Investment News. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be taking a high-level look at the infrastructure bill recently passed in the House of Representatives on this episode. First, though, I wanted to share a little story that I experienced just today, in fact. My wife is part of a community organization group here in town, the Newtown Allies for Change. And today, they opened the first of what they hope will be several little free libraries at one of our town parks. I bring this to your attention not because this will meander into an investing tangent. It won't but because for all of us dedicated to this movement of sustainability, equity, inclusion, good corporate governance, voting rights, and all of these progressive ideas, we ought to make sure that while we in the finance community are working to put our dollars to better use and the dollars of our clients, there are little things we can be doing right here at home as well. So these little free libraries are exactly what they sound like. They are nicely constructed wooden boxes with a door and a QR code, and they hold about a milk crate worth of books. I'm sure you've probably seen a few in neighborhoods somewhere in your own adventures. The difference with this particular library is that it is specifically meant to provide books for all levels of readers that showcase characters that are black, brown, or indigenous. Did you know that according to a study by the University of Wisconsin-Madison, less than 25% of children and teens books are written by or about black, indigenous, brown, or others? Called the Read in Color Initiative, this humble little library will be filled with books by and about diverse characters. Our local community can take a book and leave a book, so it will be interesting to see how it evolves. One other thing that the Newtown Allies for Change did at the beginning of the opening ceremony that I thought was really interesting uh, was they did a land acknowledgement. So I'm going to read exactly what they wrote. The Learning Subcommittee of the Newtown Allies for Change acknowledges that the land now known as the town of Newtown is the ancestral lands of the Pudatuck tribe, a subgroup of the Pogaset Nation whose descendants are now the Shagtacoke tribal nation. We honor them as the original stewards of this land and acknowledge their continued presence in our town's history. Quote, Truth and acknowledgement of our past is crucial to building mutual respect for one another in order to connect us once again, regardless of barriers of heritage and difference. Darlene Kasich, Newtown resident and member of the Shagtacoke Tribal Nation. For more information about both of these initiatives, check out the show notes. Now let's get to today's guest, Craig Jonas, who is the CEO and founder of Copiece, a young company that seeks to bring impact investing to people of all wallet sizes. He and I will take a high-level look at Biden's infrastructure bill to see where it currently stands and what it might do for sustainable investing. Hi, Craig. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Really nice to have you. Great to be here, Steve. Absolutely. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of the infrastructure bill and investing in climate change and all that good stuff, something that I really like to do on the podcast is get to know the 
people, you know, the characters and the companies that are that are in this movement. So can you just kind of walk me through how, you know, who are you and how did you get to where you are? Most of my background is in the uh, world of sports entrepreneurial invent endeavors, um, mostly in broadcast and, and someone coaching. But I was part of the team that invented the virtual yellow line in in American football and the glowing blue puck in hockey. I don't know what we did. I don't know how you watched the game before that. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we we were part of that. And, and then I, I was part of, I think nine different um, startups at different levels, but uh, not, they were all cool from the outside and they were, they were great adventures. We were, we were, you know, solving the impossible. Um, But uh, I was ready when my kids started telling me that it was, I was to blame for our climate that we're in front of right now to do something about it. So, um, I decided to take an exit in one of the companies I was with and make a rather major pivot and become a a small Berkshire Hathaway holding company for companies that are doing good things for the world. So you went from sports innovator to uh, sustainable investing guru. Yes, and it and it ends up there a lot of things that are very different and a lot of things that are quite the same. I mean, motivating a team and and leading kind of a, a new cause is something that uh i feel like i have some experience but i'm definitely still learning on on and from the you know the the giants of our industry and the esg driven impact investing space and and i think the good news is it's real and it's coming and it's uh it's not going away yeah absolutely so why don't we get into the mean potatoes here um first of all right now we're you know we're here to talk about the infrastructure bill it recently passed mm-hmm. the house of representatives can you talk about what you know as far as the status of the bill? I, I understand it still needs to get through the Senate and maybe go back and forth. So where do we stand? Yeah, I think from what we're hearing, and and I think there's still, I think we're going to, that one's going to get signed. So, and I think it's going to be pretty much signed as is. I think there's some gray area inside of what as is is, but um, I, I think it's good news for, uh, you know, the infrastructure and the needs we have and you know our economy at, at large honestly um the we do have a couple people in the dc area that have been uh part of this whole process and it, it sounds like um at least this part of you know making things a little bit better is going to happen oh that's fantastic all right well good good so uh i guess big picture what does this bill do to help fight climate change we have incredible needs that have been ignored for a long time and i think for us to be able to almost leapfrog ahead and utilize, you know, better solutions and better technologies and not kind of, you know, chug along like, you know, we probably had been doing, um, gives us a, a, a nice jump start on, on doing something real. I mean, it's, it's not enough. It's, it's a start, um, but it is, but I think it's real and it's more real than we've been, you know, the point we've been to for, for a while. Um, at Copiece, we've got, uh, a couple different investments in our, our our holdings, and several of them are in the clean infrastructure side of the of the of the house. And we are very very honestly, we got a little bit lucky on, on some of those early investments, and now they are looking very promising because I think there's going to be some some good funding for some of the projects that our companies are part of. Excellent, excellent. So getting uh, a little finer detail. So in the bill, what what is in there that's going to address clean energy, phasing out fossil fuels and that kind of thing? I think the exciting part about the phase out is that it's not as much of a phase out or as a phase in. And it becomes a good business decision to care 
about where it's going from here and where it's going from here is a much cleaner way to solve solve our problems so so i think the um you know there as we're putting together new infrastructure and, and roads and and um transfer of power and 5g and, and storage i mean though instead of kind of u- utilizing legacy technologies and kind of making those squeeze out to do what they were doing we're going to be able to bring in the technologies have been working on for a while that are much cleaner from the get-go and they're going to be harnessing you know sustainable energy um from the beginning so they're they're not built to be on the legacy systems that we're currently using that do require a lot of uh oil and gas and coal i like the sound of that let's phase into all those things i think we're hopeful that uh it's going to be it's going to be better uh, you know i think the the bill allows us to have some hope and some agency and some influence. I think uh, I think from what we're seeing here in Colorado is is uh, the governor's like reaching out already to the community and saying, "Okay, we're going to have some cash. How are we going to use that?" And and I think that um, you know to be able to take the impact of the the input from young people and women and people who are looking to make things a little bit better uh, is a is a much better way to start than to start from you know what we've done before. And then what about um, ensuring a just transition? Is mm-hmm. there anything in the bill that addresses that? You know, the the yeah. one obvious example is is the idea of, okay, as we transition to EVs to ensure mm-hmm. that there's charging stations in low income neighborhoods and it's not just right. at the rich malls and, and, mm-hmm. and the like. Yeah, there's several there are several elements in the bill that do uh, address, you know, a more equitable uh, distribution of where, where the investments are going to be going. Um, some of what we're doing at Copiece is to make sure that that's happening as well. And so I think that um, the, the way the system used to work would, did not follow that kind of uh, path. So it's, it, it's going to take an effort to make sure and ensure that, okay, there's real money coming out there. It's got to go to some community, communities that have not normally had access to these kind of funds. Um, otherwise, it, it keeps the status quo, and that's not what the intention of the bill is. So, yeah, there's some there's some language in there uh, that it, it's probably not as strong as it needs to be. But I think the intent is that uh, many communities have been that have not been served well are going to have an advantage over uh, the wealthier communities that have already been taken care of. You know, you've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, the bill maybe isn't enough, right? It's not everything that we wanted it to be. What are your thoughts on on the, how the whole process has played out so far? <laughs> uh, without without trying to okay. get you in the hot water. <laughs> no, no. I, well, we it's interesting because we we've been pleasantly happy at at, a, at so we're early stages uh, holding company and and we've been supported by a lot of people because I think a lot of people realize that that it is a good business decision to care about the long-term future of our world. And so even even on both sides of the political spectrum, I think we've had some uh, some strong support. I, you know, I, it's so frustrating, to be honest, to just watch the way the machinery works. Um, one of my friends is uh, actually works for the House Legislative Council and writes the bills. And he, and this, this is more on the hopeful side, he, tell, he insists that the the system kind of works. I mean, he he's, you know that he knows it's, it's broken, but the way that it kind of goes back and forth, and you know you, you're bringing in uh, voices from all sides before the long bill is complete, 
it, you know, he, he said that there's more input in this crafting and the manufacturing of these things than a lot of people would ever know. Now, there's several people that have too much weight in their influence right now, which is which makes it probably a little bit less balanced. Um, but I think to, I mean, he would say in order for the machinery to work to get things done, you have to have, you know, significant compromise. I think there's so much eagerness for this. I just saw that I think 70% um, poll of support in the country for the infrastructure mm -hmm. bill that uh, that allows, that gives cover for some of the people that may not be as enthusiastic about it because they know when they go back home, their community needs these funds to build the bridges and build the, build the roads. They, they see that in front of them. So, so I do think that um, in this case, uh, you know, the machinery kind of worked. <laughs> That's a, that's a that's a that's kind of a hopeful spin, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll take we'll take hopeful. I mean, if yeah. you think about um, when the, the the freeway bridge bridge in Minneapolis collapsed, and it kind yeah. of shone a light on how poor our country's infrastructure was, and it, nothing really ever got done about it. And, and no. you know, this seems like the first step, and it's been more than a decade. Things move slow in DC. I think we all know that. Um, so it is it is a good start. Again, on the hopeful side, at least there was some climate Awareness. change initiatives. Mm -hmm. I mean, I agreed not oh, nearly yeah. enough. And I think I think we're going to see people taking the money and then to help it. You know, depending which community you're talking talking about, but taking it to another level and saying, "All right, this you know, there's some um, grayness on the language here. We're going to make sure this is this is real." Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean that that has to happen. I think that will happen. And I think when it comes drills down to the community level, uh, we'll we'll see that happen. Um, more often than not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So for investors in the financial sector, what is this bill going to do or how is it going to do it? I think it's another chink in the armor for the people who are thinking that this uh, ESG driven kind of impact investing lens is going to be uh, important for, for where we go with our money. Um, I, I think that the returns on that side have been pretty healthy. And I think even people who may have been a little skeptical are coming around to, to realize that that's, that's the case. I, I'd like to tell the story of my parents who were, uh, you know, I grew up in India and we lived all over the place and they were very socially justice minded people. And there, when I looked at their investments, they wanted to kind of understand more about what we were trying to do and what we we're trying to uncover. And, you know, the mutual funds that they were investing in, which was the same thing everybody was doing. Mm -hmm. Had you know twenty percent oil and gas, ten percent for-profit prison, ten percent you know firearms, ten percent tobacco or whatever, and uh, and they were aghast at realizing that was what they're what they were supporting in their in their portfolio, and I had said you know what everybody did this, Every, nobody knew you know what what was all in there, and I think mm -hmm. younger people and 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 women and people who are really driving a different kind of future aren't going to be okay with that lack of of uh discovery and they people have access to information now so so when they're when when people are are making investments they're not going to be uh they're going to calculate the the myriad multiple inclusive bottom lines that that are you know more appropriate for an investment where whereas in the past people could could hide by hey shareholder value shareholder value you know i, I don't I, maybe I'm making some pollution, but my my price is going up. That's that's part of the calculation now. We know um, so that you know the what we do about the carbon has to be into the mix. 
So I think that um, in, for the investor, that knowledge is, is starting to come to the fore. I, I know we're still learning on, you know, the measurement of everything, but um, I would say that uh, that movement is not going to go back. It's only going to grow. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Copies. This is the company that you are the CEO of and you founded. Um, what is it? What do you guys do? Yeah, so we are a, um, a holding company trying to inc create inclusive, socially impactful wealth for all people. So our, our vision sounds idealistic, um, and it is. And, and, we, and we started our first board meeting saying, you know, everybody's going to have a different idea of what that ideal is. But... Um, uh, the timing is is good to be able to have a company that is you know has some diversification is making direct investments in companies that are are doing the work. So um, one of our investments is a, a black woman run business out of New York who is creating um, smart grid architecture and, and infrastructure for communities that don't have access to the grid and and bringing it to these communities uh, it starting in the United States then then. Uh, overseas and the cool thing about that story is that you know she's actually doing the work i mean it's if you look at a lot of people's esg driven funds or mutual funds you know you end up having kind of the same portfolio of apple cisco intel google and and okay i mean they're they're doing a lot of good things and they're trying to do better and they're definitely having awareness of, of, of making the world a cleaner place but but we have the uh, we're nimble enough to make these investments in these companies that are actually doing directly doing the work and in in their case they we think they're doing you know something on the social and the environmental side which is important for copies um i think you know we're continuing to build our our portfolio and our holdings um we have um six currently right now but one of the our big ideas is as we try to democratize access to the equity game is to utilize crowdfunding and teach a lot of communities that have not been served well by the wealth gap that we're seeing uh, to have access to the equity game so that there's a, the entry point is a lot smaller. And then they can be part of Copiece as we grow and become you know, a larger holding. And as we eventually become or aspire to become a publicly traded company, they can kind of come along with the ride. Um, it's been fun. We did one small crowdfunding campaign to get started on WeFunder, who is a public benefit corporation and a B Corp, which mm -hmm. is uh, which was consistent with us at Copies. We're, we're both. Um, and we, 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 I think we brought in 283 new investors into the uh, Copies community, and we're getting ready to start another one soon where we'll actually reduce our entry point a little bit, and we're going to you know, uh, have the more stock available. So, so we're, we're trying to do something real and, uh, we've, we've got a really amazing team and, and I, I'm, I feel good about what we're, what we're trying to do. That's great. You know, you mentioned earlier kind of the difference between a general ESG portfolio and what you guys are doing. And that's something that we've seen a lot, uh, through the podcast and other stories is there are companies out there, usually on the smaller side who are, whose work is to directly take mm -hmm. on one of these challenges, right? Like, yes, mm -hmm. you can have the big companies like the Googles, the um, Unilevers of the world who want to go about their business in a more sustainable way. And that's good. We need that. But they're not, Google's mission is not to reduce the wealth gap. Google's right. mission is not to produce clean energy instead of, right. you know, like that's not their mission. So 
to be able to access those companies that are directly doing the work is super important. And I think honestly, if you if you could have conversations with investors and get them to understand that difference, they would all want to do that, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because it's almost yeah. all through either direct investments or it's it's through funds that you have to be an accredited investor. And there are right. obviously very few of those out there and it's yeah. not, you don't find them on main street, so to speak. No, I, I, well said. And I, I think that one of our important pieces that we are taking seriously is the educational piece because we, you know, um, we know that many uh, underserved communities have not had access to this this game and and it's quite a undertaking to make sure these communities understand that there are these options out there um so we're looking forward to that challenge but we also understand it's real yeah absolutely um so i noticed on your site uh you talk about kind of the core pillars or missions of the business and you had fighting climate change as a fundamental goal um, economic equality and social justice so my question is, how do you use investing to mm -hmm. go about trying to achieve those goals? Yeah, that's that is uh, that is the question in in a lot of ways. So we've looked at uh, a little over two hundred companies so far, and we've got quite a diligent uh, process where we're, where we go through everything and try to decide if it if it fits all these things. So it's got to be. We we argue that we want uh, a competitive return so we're not giving up any points in fact we we think that we're going to be able to you know beat the 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 market in a lot of ways because of the things we're investing in but so that you know the competitive return differentiates us in in a lot of ways versus what we used to look at in socially in, in um you know, impactful or responsible investing where we were like okay you know we're fine giving up a couple points we think it's much stronger and more sustainable if we can continue to have a competitive return and so we make sure that that's that's there, and then then we go through our machinery and and try to you know uh, see the E S and G and the, and we use the UN SDGs and we use some of the tools that are out there, and then very honestly, we haven't really found something that quite works for us. We thought we'd be able to you know create our own little proprietary tool, spit out a score, and say all right, that's something we invest in, that's something we don't invest in. Uh, right now, we've decided we we take the available tools, but then we add a narrative on top, and we tell the story of what this company is doing. And if that all if it all comes together, then we consider making an investment, um, uh, which has been a little bit rare. But I think as we establish our track record, that's healthy for us to be careful. Uh, what we have found is that there is a lot of good ideas out there, and a lot of people are are trying to do the work and. And in those cases where we decide not to invest, but we've invested a little bit of our time and energy, we've actually provided some feedback and some modeling. So our finance team, for example, might go in and say, you know, you, you're close. If you can do some of these things and, and look at some of these models, you know, we might be interested in the future. And then we took that one step further and decided to create a kind of a service arm where we are of service of these companies that are doing good things. And um, we fill the gaps. So, you know, a lot of times they're younger teams and they uh, and they just need, you know, some people with some experience. You know, we instead of being shy about the no hair, gray hair uh, background of some of us, we decided, well, maybe some of our experience can be used to um, to take these companies to another level. That's great. All right. Well, Craig, thank you very much for joining me today. This was excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate being here. 
After my conversation with Craig, and as the infrastructure plan continues to make its way through Congress, I've been reading up on it more. I will circle back and do another episode where we take a more in-depth look at some specifics once we have the final bill. I want to explore more deeply how the federal government plans to ensure this money they are about to spend will be used equitably and to deconstruct at least some small piece of the systemic racism built into our country. I also, of course, want to look at what doors this bill might open for investors and entrepreneurs. $1.2 trillion is a lot of money after all, and where will it all get spent? Thanks to Greg Jonas, CEO of Copies, for joining me today. And thanks to Angelica Hester for another wonderful week of editing this podcast and much of our other video and podcast work here at Investment News. Speaking of which, please be sure to check out our other podcast series, including the Investment News Podcast, Tech Stacks, and Her Success Matters. We also have a full library of weekly videos that we produce, covering a range of topics from investing trends to practice management to social security updates with the one and only Mary Beth Franklin. Please follow Impact Adventures on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, and leave a review. I'd love your feedback. I want to know what you like and what you think needs improving. If you know of an impact story that I need to tell, please send it my way. I want to hear about it. I'm on Instagram, at The Lamco, or you can tweet me, at Slim Slam. My email is podcasts at investmentnews.com. Remember, folks, life is an adventure. You might as well make an impact.